All right, all right, all right. Everybody, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Barely. They said barely, Kylan. He can't hear me. Hello. Well, if you can hear me, hi. Everybody, um, go ahead and have a seat. A um, couple of announcements before uh, we get going tonight. This Sunday night, can you believe that? But VBS starts this Sunday night. That's that's crazy to me how quickly that, that came. So it'll be 6 o'clock Sunday night. It starts. Now, remember, VBS is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night. And we have themes. So the themes. Sunday is crazy hair day. Do we think we can do that? Monday is Wacky Clothes Day. I know you got that, right? Yeah, I knew it. And Tuesday is Dress Like a Farmer Day. How many of you guys can dress like a farmer? I don't know. Oh, they're all back there. Yes. Okay. So and so, just make sure that's going to be a lot of fun. But it starts this Sunday night. A um, couple other things. Um, we still have sign-ups for the youth camp right back there. They're back there. If you guys, if you are interested in going to the youth camp, I don't remember the dates. July 13th through the 15th. There you go. Um, also, church picnic. I'm really excited. You guys excited about a church picnic? July 30th. I, you want to know why I'm excited? Because there's usually a lot of good food. Right? Right? Okay. And then the last one, um, we are going to have, I think you'll have more information coming up on this, on Serve Week. Serve Week. But just know we're going to have a week called Serve Week. It's going to be July 31st through August 4th. So there will be more details to come with that, but just some things to let you know what's coming. All right? All right. Well, everybody get on up. We're going to We're going to worship.
you're the only one. That's why I 
just trust you father that when we're waiting for an answer God I pray that we would just seek you with all that we have running the race in a way to obtain the prize that we wouldn't get distracted Lord but we would keep our eyes locked on you father knowing that every time God you're always there just like this song says that you're in the fire with us time after time after time Teach us, Jesus. Teach us how to be like you, how to walk like you, Father, how to seek the Lord like you sought him, Father. Teach us how to go up onto the mountain and fill ourselves up, Lord. Teach us how to pour out, Father, and teach others about who you are. Lord, we just, we worship the one who will never fail who is always good, no matter what our circumstances. The one who wins in the end, hallelujah. That's the one that we just look to you, Lord. Father, come.
Hallelujah. Amen. We praise the one who will never fail. He is always with you. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so glad to have you here tonight. If you would, just go around and greet some of your family of faith. And kids, you are dismissed. It's good to have you tonight. Live streamers, wherever you're watching from, it's good to see you. Tithe and offering, if you have something to uh, give, you can prepare that. Uh, offering envelopes from the chairs in front of you, or wave your hand around and one of the ushers will have one for you. But it's good to have you uh, this evening. And getting their kids checked in the kids' church. I'm going to give everybody just a second to take care of that before they jump back up here and we'll keep rolling. I mean, know that God is good. Who knows that? All the time. Right, Patsy, all the time. If you don't understand that, that God is good all the time, then you're, you may be misinterpreting things that are happening in your life. And, you're, and, and most likely, you may be missing uh, what God is actually doing in your life. I, I, think, I think there's going to be points in your life where you're going to have the opportunity to look back at your life and think of times where you thought, that uh, maybe God wasn't doing uh, what you thought he should or he wasn't upholding his end of the bargain. But then you'll realize one day that he was there the entire time and his grace and his mercy were, were interweaved in your life much more than you understand. Amen? When we say God is good and Patsy says all the time, that's true. Even in the moments that, that you may not completely realize it. Uh, what we sing a song, what's that song, Samara? We sing, uh, oh, I think it's Waymaker. Even while I don't see it, he's moving. Isn't that the words to it? Yeah, that's the truth. Even while I don't understand it, God is still God and doing what God does. Amen? All right, tithe and offering. Uh, I'm going to pray over it. If you have something, you can bring it up to uh, these baskets up here. Lord, we thank you uh, to continue our worship and giving tonight. Blessing on the house, blessing on those who give, and blessings on those that maybe even struggling, Lord, that you make a way where there seems to be no way, Lord. And we thank you for uh, being the one who is always doing for us what we need, not only to, to live life in you, but to live life in this world, Lord, that you are a provider and faithful in doing so. And we thank you for that. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have something, you can bring it. Uh, as we said, at Start VBS, start Sunday night, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, Kenzie has asked, if you were volunteering on Sunday night, if you can get here, hopefully about an hour before it starts, that way she can get things set up, get you oriented on what's happening that night. Uh, she would really love that. So it starts at 6, about 5 o'clock. And uh, if you have questions, Kenzie is here. She's out with the little one right now, but you can ask her right after church or contact her. We're looking forward to a great time with our kids and uh, games and prizes, but more than that, uh, lessons on uh, creation and identity in Jesus. Amen? That's what it's all about. All right, so if you got your Bibles, uh, we're still kind of jumping around the book of Proverbs, and we are, but we're going to start in Romans chapter number 12. And verse number 11, I want to read something there. Then we're going to go back to uh, the book of Proverbs in chapter 19. But Romans chapter 12 and verse 11 says this. Paul, encouraging the church in Rome, he says, Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. You see that? In other words, uh, Paul is encouraging the Roman church not to be lackadaisical in their faith or their desire in knowing Jesus, but also the life that results from it. Not to be uh, people that put it on a back burner, not to be people that... It is not what you seek first in life, not to be people that get distracted by things of the world, not to be people that allow uh, allegiances to go to things other than to Jesus. So don't, don't be slothful in zeal. In other words, that you have some desire and enthusiasm even for the things of God. Amen. Is that not true? But let me tell you a couple things. Let, 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 me, let me put some guidelines here real quick before we go to Proverbs chapter 19. And, and we'll just kind of use the word zeal, okay, or desire. The Christian life or the zeal of the Lord is not, and I got two things that's not, all right? It is not emotionalism. It is not hype. It is not, uh, here's the other thing, it's not emotionalism. It's also not fanaticism. In other words, over-the-top, um, uh, excessive. I, I think in, in, uh, we kind of settle into being in a charismatic Pentecostal expression, Right? It's sort of like this. We think sometimes in worship, the loudest person in the room or the most expressive person in the room must be the most spiritual person in the room. That generally may not be the case. There's nothing wrong with God touching our emotions. There's nothing wrong with an expression. David danced before the Lord and made his wife mad, remember? 
doing so, so much that his clothes were falling off. Nothing wrong with those things as long as it's an expression from the heart, but don't think that zeal is emotionalism or any kind of fanaticism, okay? What zeal is is an ongoing desire, even bordering this enthusiasm of the things of God, to chase him. And by, by the way, when it comes to... Uh, Let's say the example I use with worship expressions, you have to be careful that a way of expressing yourself, you don't turn that into a definition that you look at other people and if they don't fit your definition, then they're out of sorts with God. Does that make sense? That's not what zeal is. As a matter of fact, I'll even go on to say this. This is, this is super important. Fanaticism and emotionalism are often used as substitutes for spiritual growth and formation. Did you hear what I just said? And that needs to really settle in your heart. Emotionalism, in other words, have you ever heard, have you ever heard uh, somebody do this to you? Maybe they've done this to you, I don't know. You say, well, I'm a Christian. Their response is, well, okay, but are you a fired-up Christian? Ever happened to you? We don't have to put adjectives in front of it. I'm a Christian. Period. See what I'm getting at? We, we don't have to try to make it more than it is, though we should be in zeal of our faith, right? We don't have to... Uh, try to act in a certain way to express some sort of uh, uh, spiritual, I don't know, uh, expression that ultimately replaces literal growth and formation in your life. So, so kind of going back to my example, so in, in, a, in a setting like ours, we... Somebody may think, well, the loudest person or most expressive person is the most spiritual person in the room. No, the most mature person in the room is the one that's been growing and being formed by Jesus. That doesn't necessarily mean they're the loudest person in the room. That makes sense. You see what I'm getting at? So zeal is not emotionalism, nor is it fanaticism. Zeal is desire that Paul says, keep it stirred up in your life. Don't become lackadaisical. And don't let that turn into other things. It is seeking first the kingdom on a daily basis. Okay, you see what I'm getting at. But Proverbs chapter 19, let's go there, and verse number 2. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse number 2. Desire, and some translations have the word zeal there. Desire or zeal without knowledge is not good. And whoever makes haste with his feet misses the way. Desire or zeal without some sort of knowledge isn't good. As a matter of fact, you end up rushing around in this thing and, and lose your way. Get ahead of yourself. It, you, you cannot, listen, you cannot rush through the kingdom of God and catch it. 
Okay, I'm going to say something. I really need you to catch my heart with what I'm about to say. You've got to pay attention to the details. I'm letting that pause in your brain for a second. You can't rush through the kingdom of God. You've got to slow down enough that you're catching the details. You ever go out for a walk? You ever, ever spend... When you come back from your walk, hopefully you slow down enough to see the details. You can go out for a walk and there will be a hundred beautiful things that you just rushed right by. And all you did was go for a walk. Or you can slow down enough sometimes to catch the details. Growth and formation in the kingdom of God is when you start to catch the cues of the spirit and start to see the details. You begin to see beyond seeing, hear beyond hearing. That's where growth comes. How many understand what I'm saying? A desire, a zeal for the Lord is not emotionalism and fanaticism. You just kind of slow down and catch the details. So I was reading a, a guy, I never met him, a, kind of, kind of a, a, a far-off mentor and some things. There. His name is Eugene Peterson, and he was an outdoors guy, so I never expected everybody to be like him in nature. But it was always said that he would go for walks. He had a, had a place in Montana. And when he would come back, whoever he was with, he would say, you know what? I saw four caterpillars, and I saw that kind of bird and that kind of bird and that kind of bird. And, I, and he, just, he would recount by numbers the details that he saw in his walk. The kingdom of God is like that. You have to slow down enough to catch the details. So like uh, a couple Sundays ago, I, I mentioned the Sermon on the Mount. Build your house on the rock so when the world's crazy, it's not like you built your house on the sand, which will sink, but your foundation will be strong, right? And, but what's he talking about? He's talking about the sermon he just preached, Matthew chapter 5 through 7. If you read through the Sermon on the Mount, I encourage you to slow down and catch the details. Can't rush through it. See what I'm getting at. And if you spend enough time there, not just reading it once, not just reading it twice, not you read it, read it, read it, read it, and slow down and catch the details, formation is possible. But we won't catch the details, formation, it won't be there. Right? So a zeal without knowledge. In other words, enough to slow down to see and catch something. You gain knowledge because you're paying attention. You'll lose your, your, the path. You'll lose the footway. You'll get off course. So zeal is good, but zeal needs some stuff. I, I've come across some very zealous Christians in my time that sometimes I wanted to pull them aside and say, can I talk to you for a minute? Can I give you some wisdom? Your zeal is great, but you need some wisdom here. How many know what I'm talking about? Sometimes they're like, well, yeah. 
And sometimes they're like, really? You don't understand. I'm on fire for Jesus. I'm doing this and I'm saying that. Oh, okay, great. But can I still give you some wisdom? And sometimes they don't want to hear it. Because their zeal, they think in their zeal that everything they do is correct. But zeal without knowledge will be like rushing and getting your foot off the path. So we need to be in zeal. We need to stir ourselves up. By the way, God does not stir you up. You stir you up. You've got to learn to stir your zeal up, your desire. Right? So, yes, be in zeal. Stir yourself up, but there's some things that need to come along with it. So I'm going to give you a couple things right here, okay? Here's the first thing. Zeal needs guidelines. You ever go bowling and... Uh, you know enough about yourself that you had them put the bumpers in the, in the gutters? How many I want to talk about? Zeal needs the bumpers in the gutters, or else you'll end up in the gutter. You see what I'm getting at? Because zeal wants to rush. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, zeal, you are going somewhere, but zeal needs guidelines. Christianity is a guided way. Christianity is not, this is, let me tell you what Christianity is not. It is not sort of head this direction and you'll get there. As you know, I'm a hiker. I've spent enough time in the mountains. You don't just sort of head that direction and hope you get there. You better come in with a, a, a map. And if there's not a trail, you better know what you're doing with that map. If you got a trail and you got, got a map, then stay on the trail. It's smart. So you can come back. Right? Christianity is not, well, sort of head, head somewhere and you'll get there. No, no. Paul writes, the, the race has been marked out for you. Run the race with zeal, but stay on the course. You got to put the bumpers in the gutters. Or else with your zeal, you'll run off the course and the whole time think you're doing right because you have zeal. Amen. So, so zeal needs knowledge. It needs a guided way. For example, I'll, I'll give you an example. This is an easy one, but I'll give you an example. So a lot of times in zeal, we see and grab hold of a couple truths in the Bible. Good. Amen. But truth, let's say you have a certain truth you grabbed in your heart and you want to start telling people that truth because you're zeal, you're zealous for the Lord. But zeal without the guideline of loving your neighbor can turn into finger-wagging moralism. That's what I'm talking about. There, there's a bumper in the gutter, there's a guide away called love your neighbor as yourself. That's a guideline for truth. Because just because you have truth and have zeal with your truth doesn't mean you can go about it any way you want to. There is a guide for how you approach the world. That's an example. So I want you to be zealous, but I want you to have guidelines for your zeal or zeal will become reckless 
and will stray from the proper foundations and proper representation of the gospel. Uh, how, many, how many of you ever shot a shotgun with, uh, uh, what do you say, buckshot or pellets? Anybody? So, so you shoot, and there, there's a wide pattern, right? And it kind of scatters everywhere. If you want to hone that in, you put a choke on it. And the choke will bring the pattern in. Make the pattern, it's still spray, but the pattern gets smaller. The choke is the guideline for your zeal. Still shoot the shot, but shoot it in a way that's more controlled by the spirit and the guidelines of the faith. So zeal needs guidelines. That's number one. And what we've already been sort of saying, but number two is zeal needs to be coupled or joined with ongoing growth and maturity. In other words, Christianity is not only a guided way, but Christianity is a life of growth. I, th I think, again, sometimes, for instance, when I come across somebody that's got a lot of zeal and, and sometimes some things are, I say, hey, can, can, can I talk with you? I just, I want to give you some wisdom. That moment right there, a lot of times you'll find out whether or not they're interested in growth. See what I'm getting at? Or if they feel because they're full of zeal, that's enough. Or they've already figured it out because they're full of zeal. No, no, no. It's, Christianity is a guided way, but it's also a way of growth. So, so here's some things. Zeal plus growing maturity will equal, equal proper ongoing light in the world. That's one thing. Zeal plus growing maturity will equal perseverance, long-term perseverance. Remember the seed in the parable of the sower in Matthew 13? The one plant shot up really fast, right? Zeal. But because the, shallow, the, the, the dirt was shallow, the roots didn't grow, and it was scorched away by the sun and died. Zeal without growth eventually be scorched away. Because ongoing maturity brings perseverance. And by the way, if it's emotionalism, that will die out. Because you can't keep that up long term. The Bible doesn't tell you to do that, by the way, does it? No. So zeal plus growth will bring actual perseverance. So zeal plus growing maturity means you're remaining teachable and you're not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to. I'm going to give you an example. Okay, watch this. I've seen this more times than I can count. Doing what I've been doing for a long time, I've been part of raising young people up into the callings of life, and some of them are directly ministry callings, some of them pastoral callings, okay? One, one of the most wonderful things that I feel I can be a part of. This is what happens a lot. You get a kid who feels called to ministry, right? And they, they become full of zeal. Zealous for the Lord, good, amen. 
and they go off to Bible school or they go off to some internships or, or they kind of get outside of the church where they grew up and they experience some other things. And all of a sudden, they know it all. And they'll even come back and start to critique the church they were in and all the problems and the things they would have did different. You know what I'm talking about? And I always say, just wait. As you grow, all the stuff you're saying right now will come in a proper picture. And then later, you'll wish you didn't come back and say the stuff that you said. Because their zeal went further than their knowledge. And not that our situation at church was perfect and there weren't things to work on and change, but their zeal took them to think of their own thoughts more highly than they ought to have. In other words, growth at some point needs to catch up with your zeal to bring maturity. That's what I'm getting at. That's true for everybody. For callings and giftings, all these different things. A lot of times when we feel caught or discover we're gifted, we get zealous after we want to run out there and, and just, okay, great, but okay. But over time, some maturity needs to catch up lest your zeal takes you off the path. Uh, you, know, you know, some people, uh, they feel called and, and, and uh, uh, immediately they want to have a voice that people listen to. Want people to, 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 to hear what they have to say and, and uh, I would say, listen, you know what you need to do? Put your hand on a plow somewhere and do it long enough that you got some calluses that your fingers are in the dirt for a little bit. Then when you do that for a while and stay zealous after the Lord, and when people see that, and the body of believers starts to affirm you, then maybe they'll listen to what you have to say. But that will only come in some maturity and some wisdom gained because you got your hands in the plow for a while that you have calluses to show for it. How many know what I'm talking about? Zeal's great. Callings and, and, and gifts and purposes are, are designed of God. But there is a maturity that, that comes in that needs to couple with these things. Again, your zeal cannot replace formation. right? They got to go together. So I want you to be zealous after the Lord. But let your zeal drive you to him so you grow and begin to mature and be a person that, that is willing then because of your zeal, you understand that this is the long-term run. Amen. So, so, so it's kind of like this going back to those, those young men or even young ladies that feel called to ministry. They got zeal at the beginning, but you still got zeal six years into it when you're actually in ministry and then people are complaining and they're griping about everything and they don't like this and they sure want to tell you about it. And then you gave a message and it was terrible and people let you know about it. And you still got zeal then? We'll find out. 
Because what's going to sustain you right there is some perseverance that comes from maturity. See what I'm getting at? Because you need to stir yourself up, but I promise you, over time, there are going to be days that you don't feel zealous. <laughs> and you don't feel like you're after it. Now, I've had, I've had a couple of people say, oh, no, I'm, I'm always going to be that way. I'm saying, okay, you go. I'm just telling you, after doing this for almost 30 years, I, I tell, I'm, I'm giving you some wisdom. Oh, no, 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 I, I just know. Oh, okay. Lord bless you and keep you. <laughs> May his face shine upon you. I just hope that by the time when they realize this, at least there's some maturity catching up enough to know they go, okay, all right. I'm going to keep rolling, right? So stir yourself up. But don't let the stirring of your heart take you off the path. That's what the proverb is getting at. What, what God needs, what God needs in time is people that not only have been running the race long enough that they understand this, but are willing to turn around and take your lumps to help people that need to hear it. And be strong enough to be an example. That does, by the way, legacy building, especially, it's, it's always vitally important, especially in today's society, is vitally important. There's so much stuff out there about the youngest generation, the millennials and whatever. Ah, they're lazy. They're, and a lot of name calling, a lot of stereotyping. Let me just tell you something. Leave a legacy. That whether or not you think the legacy is being left is happening, still leave it so the younger generations can grab it when they're ready. Because we've got to pass this thing on. See, I, I've spent, I've spent. From the, the time that I first realized this, it was very early on in ministry, I've spent a lot of time investing in people, and I use the word invest, to leave a legacy that goes beyond me. And especially as I'm getting older, I'm starting to mind the season of my life to know I've got time, but I don't have as much time as I did. And I want to leave an example of not only zeal, but perseverance. Not only zeal, but what it means to, to have some maturity because of growing, because of keeping your hand in the plow. Callous to the show, fingers nicked up, dirt in the fingernails from a lot of years of doing this. That's why I want to leave behind. So we need people zealous after the Lord, but then also coupled with what's going to sustain So every, everything I'm involved in, I want to leave it better. And I want to leave it in such a way, this is hard for some people, and I want to leave it in such a way that it doesn't need me anymore. That's always my goal. Because if it doesn't need me anymore, then I know I did my job. 
because you can't leave a legacy when it's self-centered. Because it shouldn't be self-centered anyways. It's, it's Jesus-centered. So I, I want a younger generation to see, let's say me or anybody, to say, yes, they're zealous after the Lord. Amen. But man, they've been, they've been, it hasn't been just a couple of years. They've been doing this for a long time. Wow, that's possible. I think I can do that. That's a good example. There's a different way of thinking about what it means to live the Christian life. I just, I'm just going to make it. Okay, good. But Paul said, 1 Corinthians 11, I think, he said, hey, you, follow my example. You can do that. As I follow the example of, of the Lord. That there can be people in your life, not that you're it or you're, you're all that, but the point is that they could follow your example and know, I know it's not perfect, but that's not a bad way to go. See what I mean? That, 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 that's kids, that, that are people you're, you're connected with. That there is an example that ultimately leaves a legacy because you're interested in leaving something behind. That's the call of the generations getting older. To teach the young kids that we're still zealous even though we're old. Amen. But our zeal has come with a lot of hard-earned maturity. Because we've lived this life with Jesus in this world. You ever hear there's not much new under the sun? You know, that's, that's true. You see, a lot of the, we would say all the sin of society, it's just a new way of the same old sin. Right? New, new way of the same old sin. And what you can do is be an example to say, look, yeah, it's different. Yeah, there's different touch points and, and hot topics today than there were 30 years ago, but it's the same old sin just reconjured up in a different way. And I'm still here. This is not, it's not too hard for you. You can do this. You can do this. You know why? Because God's with you and the Holy Spirit will help you. And trust me, I know me more than I know you, and he's had to help me a lot. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not super special in any regard. You can say that. But here I am. Follow my example as I follow the example of the Lord. See what I'm getting at? So zeal. He's zealous. Be zealous. But there's a guided way that comes with growth. So I didn't mean to talk about that at the end. My brain just, my heart, my spirit just went there. So to say this, those of you that are mature in the faith, it mean, I didn't say perfect in the faith, I said mature in the faith. 
be those that are looking to leave a legacy. And how you do that is through who you are. A lot of my legacy, my kids obviously, hopefully my grandkids, if any of them decide to do that someday, what they waiting on, well, two of them need to be waiting. But anyways, um, better be waiting. Um, but a lot of my legacy ends up in ministry setting, obviously, while well, I'm a pastor. Oh, well, it's just, it just makes sense. I was looking at, uh, and I don't say this in any way of, of, of I'm going to say boasting, but give an example. So, like, I go over to the, the main campus and look on the stage and go, that was my worship leader as in the youth group, and now she's the main worship leader of the whole, whole church. It wasn't because of me, but I had a hand in that through the work of the Holy Spirit. And the youth pastor was a groungy kid that looked like he was homeless, that came into the church. I'm not kidding you. He, he's preaching Sunday here, by the way. Um, literally one time he was out in the street and somebody walked up to give him money because they thought he was homeless. He's just like, no, I'm not homeless. He just, he just looked like it. Okay. Had a hand in raising that kid up. He's in ministry. You know, I, I could names, name, invest. Raise other people up. And you do that through who you are and through your connections, through your gifts and your callings. Different. That's why the, the, the body of Christ is, is, is diverse. <clears throat> so, so I would say this. It, maybe a, a simple way of thinking about it. We have things like dream teams. If, if you're over a dream team, then your job is to make your dream team the best it can be so it doesn't need you anymore. Right? That's leaving a legacy. If you're involved in some sort of outreach, what kind of legacy are you leaving? Not just doing the work. Okay, great, but what's the example you're leaving behind? So whatever you do, you think about how am I passing on the things that are faith to other people? And how am I helping other people walk this life? You see what I'm getting at? You start thinking that way, it changes what you do. Let me tell you the biggest thing, I'm starting to ramble, I'm going to tell you one, one key right here. How you leave something behind is by how consistent you are. Right? So if I told my kids one thing, I told them a hundred times. And hopefully every time I said it, I was an example in between. Right? You just don't do things a time. You're consistent. That's how, that's how you leave an example that leaves a legacy. That's why the whole business of the body of Christ is this long-term discipleship. If you haven't been doing this for a good while, then you really don't have nothing to leave behind. So if you're new at this, 
grow. At some point, you have something to leave behind. Right? But it's those who are mature in the faith because they've been consistent. Have an opportunity to leave something behind. Amen? So how about we do that? Amen? All right. Let me pray. I'll just keep rolling on that subject for a while. Oh, Jesus, I, th I thank you that we are growing and we are learning. I thank you, Jesus, that, that we, can, we can stir ourselves up into the zeal of the Lord with fervent desire. Amen. But Lord, I pray it's not just saying we have zeal, but what are we doing? How are we each and every day living with that zeal? So Lord, I ask that you couple our zeal with wisdom and you couple our zeal with growth. And I pray, Lord, that that we understand if it, if it grows fast, it'll dry out. But, Lord, that we understand this is, this is the long-term perseverance, and it's needed. Lord, help each one of us. Help us. Not only to live life as you're calling us to live, Lord, but that at some point we're able to turn around and help what's coming behind us. that we begin to pass on something that in turn gets passed on and in turn gets passed on and, and, and so on. Lord, we, we have been given the faith. We didn't make this up. We're not treating it and doing with what we want. We've been given the faith. It's been handed down from generations. We believe. And I pray we're trustworthy in passing it on to those coming behind us. Lord, help us to do so. Help us to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, well, well. as I said, Pastor Tim's coming Sunday, so he's going to bring a good word. So that's no reason not to be here, okay? I let that cat out of the bag. The reason is because I'm going to be on my kayak in, in northwestern Pennsylvania. Yes. Get my suitcase, all right? So, uh, but Margaret will be here. Good service on Sunday. She'll be here Sunday morning. Uh, so, and then next Wednesday, have another good word coming your way. So be blessed this week.